developments in shale gas exploration in South Africa. Tell us what's going on on that front and where to from here. Yeah, you know, Sakina, we're seeing um, that this week that the Strategic Environmental Assessment Report um, wants to be tabled by um, the Minister of uh, Minerals, uh, um, Ngawaka Ramaklodi. And um, essentially what that report is, is just an extensive study of the environmental impact of shale gas production um, on the, on, on the, uh, the, the Karoo region, you know. So obviously it's very water intensive and uh, we know that South Africa um, is listed by the, uh, by the WWF as one of uh, 30 countries in the world which have highly constrained water supplies. So, you know, I think um, it's a critical stage in the development of the, of, of the unrolling of shale gas exploration. Um, but we also know that there's been a number of concerns in terms of the delay in the rolling out of this program, Sakina. We saw that uh, Royal, uh, Royal Dutch Shell actually pulled out of their bid for a license to um, frack the Karoo. And uh, currently there's a couple of uh, smaller offshore players with uh, Chevron uh, being obviously the world, uh, one of the world's biggest uh, uh, um, um, energy producers still expressing interest. But, you know, there's going to need to be a lot of clarity from government in terms of uh, what equity stake governments want and what rights um, these companies are going to be afforded, um, you know, after they, they, they have the licenses to frack the Karoo, you know. And there was originally talk that governments... Um, would want the right to buy, uh, to increase their future stake in the project at a pre-agreed upon price today. Um, you know, and obviously all these uncertainties are delaying investment into the project, Sakina. So, you know, and in the interim, we've obviously seen oil prices come off um, fairly substantially from around $110 a barrel to, uh, well, recovered a bit now to about $66 a barrel. So that, again, um, you know, is creating further hesitancies from um, the major oil conglomerates in fracking the Karoo, you know, because at the end of the day, there's not even 100% certainty that there are rich deposits of shale gas in the Karoo. So, um, you know, but at the end of the day, South Africa's economic growth remains, uh, you know, nothing short of dire, um, but it needs to be a balance between, you know, um, being, a, being a fair deal for the people of uh, the Northern Cape as well as uh, promoting companies to invest in the Karoo to boost South African economic growth in a region of the country where we see particularly substantial amounts of poverty. So, you know, at the end of the day, it needs to be a bit of a balancing act, but uh, I reckon there needs to be some decisive action now because uh, foreign direct investment into the South African economy is desperately needed to boost economic growth. Indeed. And then um, the mining sector, there seems to be a bit of consternation there. Lots of talk about uh, jobs being shared and the mining production numbers came out yesterday. Nadir, what did they tell us? Yeah, you know, so there's quite a big increase in mining production year and year, but, you know, there's very little cheer about that because at the end of the day, it's just due to low base effects. So, you know, a year ago, the platinum belt was obviously on strike and, you know, there's a, no- there's a number of uh, the, the, mining, the mining sector companies which were on strike. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, um, the, the, the increase in mining production numbers that we saw for March it was really just due to low base effects of, of, of a year ago. I mean, if we look at quarter on quarter growth in mining numbers or month on month growth in mining numbers, those were a lot more sort of moderate and a lot more reasonable, where we saw 1.9% increase in mining output quarter on quarter. 
and a 4% increase in mining output uh, month on month. So really the 19% increase in mining output we saw was not really due to overall better conditions in the, in the mining sector, but just basically low base effects from, from, from uh, a year ago uh, when the platinum mining belt was on strike. And then there's um, something else going on, um, the, the recent sell-off in global bonds. Uh, do you think that this is a trend that's set to continue? Yeah, I mean, you know, if we look at what's been happening in European sovereign bonds, you know, we saw the German bunds uh, go from six, uh, six basis points at least yield on the 10-year bund all the way up to a 70 basis point yield. Now, that's a 15% erosion in capital, Sakina, and it's uh, the biggest uh, total return loss we've seen in European bonds um, in, in the more than 20 years, you know, so it was fairly substantial. And, you know, the statistic goes something like uh, the amount of income that, you, that, 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 that German bunds uh, currently provide you with would take 150 years to cover the shortfall in capital loss which you've made from, uh, in, in those bonds in the last three weeks, you know. So yields are exceptionally low, and that obviously presents a material risk to global bond investors, you know. So if you look at what really drives um, global bond prices, it's at the end of the day, it's expectations of inflation into the future and expectations of where interest rates are going to go into the future. Now, you know, quite clearly, um, interest rates in the Eurozone are going to stay um, subdued for a fairly substantial amount of time as they've just launched their, um, their, their, their uh, quantitative easing program. But, um, you know, and inflation expectations have started to pick up a little bit um, because of higher oil prices, but still quite a long way below um, the European Central Bank's close on 2% target. So, you know, all in all, um, those factors wouldn't necessarily suggest a bond bear market because, you know, inflation remains subdued and growth remains subdued and interest rates are going to be kept low. But at the end of the day, you know, there's a major divergence in central bank policy globally, you know, and what we may see is that uh, an increase in interest rates from the Federal Reserve may distort actions in bond markets slightly. And then secondly, um, historically depressed yields place, uh, you know, a lot, of, a, a, a lot of pressure on investors in that asset class because very small movements in yield result in um, substantial capital movements, you know. So bond investors typically are looking for lower volatility, not increased volatility. And as a result of that, you know, we may continue to see the asset class shun for a while, which may, um, you know, over the long term result in the bond bear market, which uh, the global investors have been waiting a long time for.